Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello there. This episode of Luke's English Podcast is sponsored by Audible.com. As usual, if you would like to download a free audiobook, just visit audibletrial.com forward slash teacher Luke or click one of the Audible images on my website. Okay, now let's get started with this new episode of the podcast. You're listening to Luke's English Podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome to another episode of Luke's English Podcast. This one is being recorded not at home in my flat, uh, but uh, I'm in Amber's flat at the moment, and I've got Paul on my left, and I've got Amber on my right. Hello, guys. Hello. Hi. How are you? Good. Good. Now, there's three of us in here, but they were also joined by an extra special guest on the podcast today. I don't know if uh, he's going to contribute. We'll he, see. He may do. So who, who am I talking about, Amber? You're talking about my baby, Hugo. Yeah. So we've got uh, me and Paul and Amber and little baby Hugo here. How old is Hugo now? 18 months. 18 months old. Hello, Hugo. Welcome to Luke's English Podcast. <laughs> he's looking at me like, what, what are you? I don't... <laughs> he's like... <laughs> He's looking at me like, I don't understand the concept of a podcast. Can you, can you explain? He's uh, already got that Parisian look in his eyes. He does. Of He's like, who are you, stranger? Why are you Go speaking, back to your country. Why are you speaking English in my house? <laughs> oh, it's because we woke him from his nap. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he woke himself from his nap. Sure. Or maybe it was because we were speaking too loudly. Yeah. So we'll see. Hugo has recently woken up from his little nap that he has, has in the middle of the day every day. Uh, slightly shorter than normal, maybe because of the general atmosphere that exists wherever Luke's English podcast is recorded. <laughs> it's electric. And, I, you know, who could sleep during a recording of one of these podcasts? Um, certainly not little Hugo, who's now smiling because he's, he's, he's enjoying the experience of being on the podcast. And who can blame him, ladies and gents? So we might, you might hear a little bit of baby noise. Um, some sort of what, gurgling sounds. If or... we're lucky, it'll be a gurgle. Really? Does he speak yet? No, but he gets a bit dinosaur. Really? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> Just sort of screeching and roaring and right. yeah, Roar. gre gremlin dinosaur. Right, yeah. sort of dinosaur sounds, things mm. like that. Mm -hmm. Okay, all right. So I suppose the, the language is evolving all the way through, you know, from the sort of amoeba at the beginning of the process, through dinosaurs, mm. and then he monkey might be, sounds, uh, and then eventually human language. He might be your youngest, your, I can't even speak. Young, he, he, might, might be, he, he, might, he might be your youngest listener, pal. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> he became more uh, Yorkshire uh, there for a second. I know, he's going to learn English, not through Amber, through your podcast. Yeah. Because um, he's now like breathing the rarefied uh, air that, it, that um, emits from... Luke's English podcast, and, and this is this is the yeah, pure he's bored already. <laughs> the pure air that one breathes when you learn a language. This this is like the fast track to learning English. Um, Hugo, I hope you're ready for that. He's smiling knowingly. <laughs> he's like a little Buddha. Who, 
he'll be point. caveman by the time this podcast ends. Like, is that dinosaur? He'll be caveman. Right, good. We'll have taken him all the way forward through a whole evolutionary step in uh-huh. terms of language development. That's good. So we're here in the in the uh, in the flat here, and uh, so uh, welcome to another episode of the podcast. I think I'm going to call this now. I, I, I often never know what I'm going to call the episodes of the podcast, as you may have noticed. Mm-hmm. And, and that decision often is unmade until the very moment where I'm uploading it. At, at this point, the working title of this episode is Vocabulary Game with Amber and Paul. Ooh. Sounds wasn't exciting. That, wasn't that yesterday's title as well? And well you it just was, called it 10 more fixed expressions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this will just be 15 more. I know. Well, the, the, <laughs> but I like the, the concept of a game. The title of the episode is Vocabulary Game with Amber and Paul, but it has a subtitle as well, which is also known as 15 fixed expressions. <laughs> Just keeping it simple, you know, because I've got to achieve so much in a title. I've got to try and com- explain very clearly what basically is going to happen in the episode. Yeah. So what else, what else could I call That's... this episode? I don't know, but I mean, if novelists took that approach, we'd have some quite boring books, wouldn't we? <laughs> yeah, we would. Can you think of any examples? If, if, if novelists just had to very quickly summarise in a pragmatic way the main content of a book. Yeah. Some of those great books well, in history would have boring titles. The, the Silence of the Lambs was a great book. Yeah. But um, if, that was, if the real title was describing what actually happened, it would just be brain-eating, Chianti-drinking, liver-eating yeah. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins eats a bloke and um, Jodie Foster gets a bit scared. Yeah. <laughs> Great title for the. That was the working title of the film. Down and Out in Paris and London. Mm-hmm. George, George Orwell. Orwell, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's got some great titles, all of his books, great titles, but that would just be having a shit time in Paris, having a shit time in London. <laughs> right. Or 1984 <laughs> would be basically, oh, the future's crap, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Animal having farm. a hard time being watched. Animal Farm, just animals talking. Oh, An- animal, farm is, really. animal Farm's pretty descriptive. It is. Well, uh, well not really. Animal Farm could be a bunch of pigs uh, take over a farm under the illusion of democracy. But they're not really about pigs. No, it's an allegory, isn't it? So See, it's already quite a long title let's, there. Let's rename it Allegory About uh, Governments Using Pigs as a uh, Metaphorical Tool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not as catchy. No one would, buy, would have bought that book. Anyway, what I'm trying no to say, Luke, is it. maybe you should take a sort of more novelistic approach to your titling. Okay. Well, um, or not? Uh, okay. Maybe I could call this one uh, uh, the. Uh, Here's what you should do. Yep. You should call the title. You need to find a, an idiomatic expression or a fixed expression that means something like having fun with vocabulary, something right. like that, and have that as See, the title. See, the problem is no one's going to understand what that means. See, a lot of the people who I'm targeting you with this podcast... Yeah, but Bad Hair Day was one of the top podcasts. Bad Haircut Situation. All right, but it didn't really describe... Yeah, but it was, it was kind of understandable, don't you think? That, that people would look it at was. that and go, this is clearly about a situation yeah. involving a bad haircut. People it don't have time anymore. People will want to click on the thing, on the title that makes them want to go, that's a title, that, that's a video or a podcast or a whatever that I want to watch. They'll just skip through and find the coolest titles. I guarantee mm. you the ones that have just started listening to your podcast, and yeah. guys, uh, feel free to, uh, to let me know otherwise. But I, uh, when I started... When I first found out about your podcast, yeah. I scrolled through like the hundred or so episodes that yeah. you had, and I clicked on the ones where the title attracted me more. Like, for example, can you remember um, any? 
Uh, the Brighton Festival was one of them. I can't remember the title, but... It, uh, Brighton. Well, that was quite a normal title. It was, it was. Brighton Comedy Festival Podcast number one, two, and three. You think if you think there's some promise, you know, perhaps it's a little bit ambiguous. Ooh, that sounds interesting. What could that be? When you just lay it all out there on the table, a bit like going out dressed in a nice dress, you know, you want to leave mm. something to the imagination. The title should be, you know, capture their imagination, be a little bit informative, but... Yeah. I think if you've got Amber in the title... Yeah. People yeah. will listen to it because I agree. They love Amber's accent. So we've okay. So, we've definitely got Amber in there. Okay. So Amber, <laughs> Amber and Paul, vocabulary <laughs> game. Amber, Amber <laughs> shames Paul's uh, English. Well, it depends ability. who wins. It depends because <laughs> I might win this. Yeah, it's I'm going to win this. I get really competitive. So you guys better watch out. Yeah, you get competitive, but okay. Well, do you read books? <laughs> I don't. I haven't got time for books. Doesn't well, mean I'm not good at okay. I read a lot of books. Good for you. The only books he reads are like biographies of, of successful people like Richard Branson <laughs> <laughs> and Steve Jobs. True story. True story. There's a lot to learn from those sort of easy to read um, self penned biographies. Right, I shouldn't laugh because you might very well win. <laughs> we'll okay. see. Well, well, maybe, maybe it all... all depends on how well the person describes. Well, we don't even know what we're doing yet, so I should okay, probably okay. let you all explain right, let me, the rules. Let me, let me so we need to be quick. Remember, yes, we've got 15. Yeah, go. What yes, are the rules? What okay, are we doing? All right, all right. Regardless of the title of the podcast, let me kind of do my introduction, okay, which I have to do. So this, this series of episodes featuring fixed expressions, I'll come back to that, um, and vocabulary games continues in this episode which at the moment is called Vocabulary Game with Amber and Paul, but we'll see. The previous ones entitled 10 Fixed Expressions and, imaginatively, 10 More Fixed Expressions <laughs> featured me testing Paul's knowledge of multi-word expressions in English. He did better in the second episode than the first, but that, wouldn't, that wasn't difficult because in the first it was a piss-poor performance, but he wasn't ready. So he wasn't... No, you didn't explain them properly. I didn't explain them properly. Fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, he got more of them right in the second episode. Than he did in the first. <laughs> Piss poor is a phrase I have taught on this podcast before. Anyway, the wider aim, the wider aim of these episodes is basically to teach my listeners some vocabulary in the form of multi-word expressions. Okay. Now, um, I need to fix some. I need to clear something up here. Mm -hmm. What is a fixed expression? Because I, I, despite the fact this is the third of these episodes, I still need to try and explain what the hell a fixed expression is. All right. Because not just for my listeners, but also for my two guests who. Um, apparently need the, need the confirmation, and, and why not? Um, essentially, a fixed expression, for me, is a vocabulary item comprising of a few words that always go together, and that includes idioms, sayings, phrasal verbs, well-known quotes, and collocations. So for me, a fixed expression is just a, an umbrella term that includes many other things, like idioms and stuff, okay? Now, all of those are lexical items... Okay, they're, they're lexical items which comprise of more than just one word. So um, um, the, the words are fixed together. They're not just individual words, but it's a discrete item of vocabulary in its own right that is, that's made of more than just one word. Okay? Right. Now, mm -hmm. you, you had to look it up on the internet. No, because you said fixed expressions. And so I thought Luke is going to be very accurate. He's an English teacher. I don't want to get it wrong. I don't want to embarrass myself on the podcast. So I looked it up and I realized that there's fixed expressions and idioms mm. and they're not the same and there's phrasal verbs and there's, and there's other sort of things. And mm. so when I was choosing my five, I was trying to find fixed expressions as was described to me, sort of things like um, all of a sudden or, you know... Um, 
neither here nor there, mm-hmm. rather than things like one that you looked at last week, actually, like Kettle of Fish, something that seemed a bit more idiomatic. Yeah. So I... So I realised that they had these different... They were not exactly the same, but you have, you're sort of going for all of these expressions, I, which is, makes life easier. I think that um, people categorise vocabulary in different ways. Obviously, it's important to categorise vocabulary if you're learning the language, because otherwise, it's all a bit overwhelming. It might help the learner to say, OK, these are all phrasal verbs, either idiomatic or literal phrasal verbs, and these are all idioms... And these are all, let's call them fixed expressions because we can't find a better title. And these are all famous quotes. And these are all just simple adjective verb collocations and things like that, right? Um, Now, for me, I'm just talking about multi-word expressions. All right, Hugo? Yeah? Uh, okay, was that a dinosaur noise or was that? Uh, more... That was a that was a single word expression. That was what there was, wasn't it? That wasn't a multi-word. That uh, was just a. Uh, he was yeah. just. He wasn't sure. He was just. An, it was just an okay. um. It was just just joining in. It's just yeah. mm, joining in the general tone of a slight uncertainty mm-hmm. over the de- mm-hmm. over the defining of this term. But basically, is it, I'm in my opinion. I'm just talking about multi-word expressions, not just individual words, but phrases that comprise more than one word and which always go together. They could be idioms, they could be non-idioms, they could be phrasal verbs, doesn't matter. All They're right. all just expressions. They're all just expressions. Because, you know, some idioms are not that idiomatic. Mm. Like, it's raining cats and dogs. It's pretty clear what that means. Obviously, it's not actually raining cats and, cats and dogs. Uh, although, apparently, that has occurred in history. But, uh, anyway... Is that okay? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Sounds good. So, I, feel, I feel good now. So, so we're talking about fixed expressions as language. It's not a type of shelf unit or an IKEA furniture or anything like that. They're just phrases in English, and that, I hope that should be clear. Uh, so, a few goes confused now. I think I realised that you now. You spoke about IKEA, and he could foresee the future yeah. <laughs> about how difficult his yeah. trips to IKEA yeah. will be in about twenty you years. Think, you think IKEA will still exist in twenty years when Hugo is a, a furniture buying adult? I think it will. You reckon? It's one of those things like Coca-Cola that just lasts for a long, long, long time. Yeah, that's mm. right. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. So, um, now I've explained, you know, I've, now I've done my, um, the usual slightly confusing explanation <laughs> and, and long-winded introduction. Let's mm-hmm. get down to play this game. Okay. okay. So, this time, Amber is involved in this game. Yeah. Which is going to add immeasurable excitement and drama to proceedings, I'm sure. All three of us this time have uh, prepared short lists of five expressions each. So it's not just me the, being the question master and Paul being the, the sort of padwan learner of... of, of question master. Being folk. the idiot of the... <laughs> yeah. No, we're all going to be involved in this. because So we, all three of us have uh, short lists of five expressions. And we're going to do this in three rounds, okay? So I think the first round will be Amber versus Paul. Okay. okay. So that's where you're telling us the I'm expression. The, I'm the question master. Okay. Shall we call it? Shall I be the question master or the teacher? Which phrase? Question you, master. Question master. Question master. Okay. So I'm the question master in the first round, and it's Amber versus Paul. Second round will be, let's say, Paul versus Paul versus Luke, and Amber will be the question master. And in the final round, Paul will be the question master, and it'll be Luke versus Amber. Okay then. Here are the rules, just in case you needed to know them. So first of all, the question master defines an expression without using the words in that expression, okay? Mm-hmm. It's similar to a popular uh, board game, uh, which is available in many high street stores that you might know of. It's called Taboo. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, you didn't know that. Fine, <laughs> fine, fine. So uh, then, you, you, so you define the expression without using the words. Then you can give hints to help. Mm-hmm. Um, the two competitors or students 
race to guess the expression being explained. Then points are, are, are awarded and rewarded um, uh, for the one who gets it first. The listeners to this podcast, they can try to guess the expression too. And uh, did you manage to beat us, listeners? Try and beat us. And if you don't know the expression, just listen carefully because we will explain, repeat, and give examples so that you will understand the whole thing, um, 360 degrees of it, okay? So it's, it's, it's a fun game, and it's a learning opportunity all in one wonderful British package. Well, and French. We've got, we've, got, we've got a French intruder in here. Hugo is half... I mean, he's kind of English. He's what, half, three and a half, half English, English people. He's half English. English. I'm he, English. Let's just say that he's English. His first word, I mean, the only word that he seems to be saying is baba, which is a bit like bye-bye. Right. He does accompany mean... it with a waving gesture. Okay. Well, that's good. Okay, it's not bad. English um, man on the loose. That's good See? enough for me. Okay, you ready to All start? Right, let's yes, do it. Yes, ready so start? you're the first one. Okay. Yeah, round so one. because we've mm. only got five expressions each, that means that one of us wins the round because it's, it's going to be three, two. It can't be a draw, basically. No, we all, do t- we all play twice, don't we? Yeah, what I'm saying yeah, is like in, in this in like if, in this round when it's because you've got five. Oh, there's going to be a winner in every round. There's going to be a winner in every round because yeah. it can't there be is. a draw unless we both say it exactly the same time, which could happen. Yeah, as well. maths is not Luke's strong point. That's why he's an English teacher. <laughs> anyway, go on then. Okay then. All right. So. All right. So you ready? You ready for yep, the first one? Ready. Okay then. <laughs> I like how you brought. <laughs> yeah, this is just the, the same. The, yeah, the TripAdvisor comment. It's the again. same piece of paper <laughs> that I used yesterday when we did our other podcast, <laughs> and it has the, uh, the that TripAdvisor review. But let's um, not get no. let's not get involved we, in that again. We no. did get a, a nice review. Did we? Just the other day, I did send it to you. Oh yeah, yes, I think that's, that's right. Tom Morton's friend. Well, Paul's, well, nonetheless. See, typical, you see, the bad review, we spend ages talking about it. Good review, Paul dismisses it immediately. Mm. So, anyway. Anyway, on with the show. Let's go about reviews. Right, so, yes, here you go. <laughs> yes, up for yes. here we go. Round one. Ding, ding, ding. Okay, and here's the first expression, ladies and gentlemen. Listen carefully. Um, this expression means to be short on money. You don't have much money, for example, at the end of the month when Skin you don't have much. Hard, I'm make, a, I'm, hard to make ends meet. I'm, broke. No. Uh, um... I'm a little bit... Mm, Tight on cash? No, no, but that's good. Um, um, so a bit shy? It's, it's, a, it's an adjective and a preposition. I'm, God. A, li- I'm a little bit... Mm, mm, Hard up? Yes. Hard what? Up. Sorry, didn't know that one. Hard up. So Ooh. I, to be how? You don't know that because you've got a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's it. Maybe... maybe no, I'm no. Just, I broke. I, I, again, I would just like... I'm, I'm skint. I'm broke. I wouldn't say broke because that's an American thing. I don't know. We say that in the I really? that. I've never I'd say saying broke. broke. I'd, I'd say skin more it's than not got a Penny to my name. Yeah, I've not got. Pe- I was going to use that one together. Anyway, we should probably. Yeah, I was going to use that one. All right. So, so the expression was to be hard up. So I'm a bit hard up at mm. the moment. It's like, do you want to come out this weekend? Oh, I'm a bit hard up at the moment. Uh, uh, can we wait until next weekend because I get paid on Monday? Yeah, for example. I would say also yeah. tight for cash. Yes, I've, I, that's strapped one. for cash. Strapped, strapped for, for cash. cash. Yeah, um, I'm, it's difficult to make ends meet. You said, mm-hmm. Amber. Mm-hmm. All right. So, quick question for you because I want to hear you use the phrase a little bit. Um, uh, when, when in your life were you the were you most hard up? Have you ever been really strapped for cash in your life? Easy. I, yes, I went. I went to theatre school, mm. and it was very expensive. And I had a one euro budget that I could spend a day. Only one euro. One euro a day. One euro. And what did you spend that euro on? I would buy uh, a tin of chickpeas, which would be like 
lunch yeah. every day, you know, just chickpeas and, and nothing. Just chickpeas. <laughs> Pretty much. Oh. Um, and, you know, just really, if I would never take the metro. I'd always walk, even if I had like a rehearsal, two hour walk away. I'd always walk and, mm-hmm. you know, just steal loo paper from, you know, cafes and stuff like that. I'd imagine sugar. you'd need a lot of loo paper with yeah, that with chickpea diet. Um, but like, just no money, just couldn't, couldn't buy anything. Very, very tough. Oh dear. But you learned to act Arguably, because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sure that you I'm even not, learned to act. Not making any money doing that, yeah. am I? Okay. Still pretty hard up. All right then, uh, Paul. Have you ever been? Yeah, very uh, hard I up remember when I was uh, between the age of sixteen and eighteen. Uh, I lived with my mum. Yeah. And uh, in general, we were hard up. Uh, we were living in a one-bedroom flat, and Ooh. she was sleeping on the floor. All right. And. Uh, yeah, that was during my uh, my A levels, and so I ended up getting a job in Sainsbury's in the supermarket oh, yeah. to uh, help us out. So really? me that, too. That was uh, in Sainsbury's. Sainsbury's for I was the on win. Checkout. Yeah, I was on a checkout as well. Ooh. Check you guys out. Hey, there we go. Wait, but what's the checkout? It's the till. The till, the, it's where you the, pay. the place where you, where you pay. pay. So you were those people who scanned all the items through? Exactly. Yeah. We've now been replaced by automated machines. What, what is it that those automated machines say when they don't understand what's going on? Unexpected item in the baggage area. Yeah, it's true, mm, isn't it? There's yeah. a whole thing. They've changed the voice now Have in they? Tesco's. Have they? They said that the woman's voice was a bit sort of snitty or judgmental, and well, they've changed it for a sort of more friendly man's voice. Because what I found with that woman's voice, I agree, it was a bit judgmental, but she, she sort of changed her mood very quickly. She was very welcoming at the beginning. Hello, welcome to Tesco's, or Tesco's in this case, and everything's very nice. You know, please, please uh, put, you know, please enter your uh, pin code, and then if you do one thing wrong, unexpected item in bagging area, all right, <laughs> Calm yeah. down. Um, Check out number four, please. Yeah, so there's there's a, a warmer bloke's voice now, is it? Apparently so. I bet it's got like a regional accent as well. That's what I'm going to say. Something. What you'd really want is the Scottish person. Right. A nice, friendly Scot. That's what got I'd an like. Unexpected item in the baggage area. Please, pl- please, uh, please enter your pin Scott. code. Right. Uh, please choose your payment preferences. Have a lovely day, and thank you for shopping at Sainsbury's. Yeah, come on. Sort of a, a, a middle-class sort of Ed... Um, sort uh, of Sean Connery, kind yeah, of. Yeah, mm. unexpected item in backing <laughs> area. <laughs> You'd want to have sex with a machine, though, if it sounded like him. You would. Uh, well, um, ladies, ladies would, uh, and maybe some gay men. Uh, uh, anyway, that was supposed to elicit laughter. Instead, it just elicited just weird judgment. <laughs> Uh, I might edit that out. We will. We will see. <laughs> no, you won't. What were you thinking? Because I'm going to refer. What was your? Th- what did you think when I said that? <laughs> Nothing. I was. I was. I was wondering how we got from hard up, uh, so to speak. You talked to, about uh, the fact that you worked in Sainsbury's <laughs> yeah. and how you've been. You've been replaced by Sean Connery robots <laughs> that gay people would want to have sex with, and and ladies <laughs> and some gay people. Uh, I imagine. No, no. Ladies, I think I speak for all ladies. Well, she, uh, wait a minute, Sean Connery was voted. It's not so Sean Connery; it's a machine. But if it sounded like it's Sean an Connery. automated checkout yeah. machine. Oh, don't tell me you don't have sex with automated machines. <laughs> it's, Look, it's not women. Wait do. a minute. Look, I've got. I can explain that. 
Sean Connery was several <laughs> times voted the sexiest man in the world. Why? Not because of his good looks. He was old and bald when he was voted sexiest man. <laughs> Why? It's purely because of his voice. So I think it's the voice that's the sexiest thing. So even if they ported that voice over and put it into uh, a checkout machine in Sainsbury's, people would still find it sexually attractive. That was my point. Thank you. I think you. someone should carry that experiment out. It might well, be Well, they have. They've, they've created those phone-in sex lines. All you're hearing is the voice. You're not seeing anything. They're like, oh, yes, I'm yeah, touching myself. But you're not in Tesco's either, are you? I mean, no, it's true. It, there is I, a sort of certain you social... Shouldn't you shouldn't, you, Paul, you really shouldn't be phoning sex lines. When I'm not. I'm just listening to the cash machine. I'm constantly <laughs> taking stuff out of the baggage area and putting it back in and all just right. masturbating all the way. All right, okay. Okay, okay. okay, good. Okay. I got that one. Uh, Next okay, one. So, Amber, one point to Amber. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I have to record these scores. Uh, Amber and Paul... Uh, this is round mm. one. Amber got one. Paul got nothing. Okay. Sorry, Paul. Fail. Okay. Maybe, Sorry, you spend, maybe you should spend more time reading books <laughs> instead of masturbating in supermarkets. But anyway, <laughs> so here we go. The next I one is... I audio books. Okay, okay. This this one means to um, uh, to be informed. Like, uh, to, to stay... So, in, I know it all. Stay informed. Uh, like stay in tune. Uh, are you in tune with the... Uh, uh, abreast of No, it's, it's like, for example, at work when... Um, You're in the know. Very good. Almost in the know is very in good. In the loop. Yes. Oh come on! I gave you half of it. Oh man. In the loop. Wait a minute. So let's just just slow down. We need to make sure we explain in the loop properly. Okay. So you know to be in the loop or keep me in the loop or to stay it's very in the corporate loop. speak. Yeah. But I hate. We used to have that all the time. Yeah. At work. Yeah. It's the sort of thing you would hear at work. Oh, uh, emails. Yeah. It, that's what it was like. Uh huh. Okay, so it would be something like this. I imagine something like this in an email. So I'm going on holiday for two weeks, but um, keep me in the loop, which means keep me updated on, on the developments. Exactly. Keep me updated. Keep, keep me informed. Keep me informed. Keep me in the loop. Um, so there you go. How do you manage to keep in the loop in, in terms of like what? Do you, do you have to stay in the loop regarding um, like, uh, what's going on back home in the UK? I read The Guardian. Yes. Every day okay. and listen to Radio 4. That's how I stay that's, in the loop. That's all you need, isn't it, really, Pretty Paul? Much. Do you feel like you're still well-informed about what's going on back home? No. So you're completely... I have no idea what's going on in England. You're not in the, you're not in the loop. Don't care. Um, <laughs> <laughs> He's so far from the loop. Yeah, I, I'm the, the loop, even... the, I mean, the loop's somewhere over here and I'm well out of it. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, but yeah, yeah I, I've, I, I kept in the loop for five years. That was a word I used and I, I've stopped using it because I hate it. Okay, because it, it reminds you of the corporate world. It does, yeah. Mm. Okay, that's understandable. A lot of people have very strong uh, feelings against certain corporate yep. language. Well, keep me in the loop. Just, like, just let me know. Just keep, like, yeah. keep me updated. Why do you have to... Yeah. Talk? It's like people would say, oh, the other thing was like, oh, thanks for reaching out. No, thanks for contacting me. Yeah. Like, you're not reaching out anything. Yeah. Shut up. Yeah, and it's like, we really need to reestablish our aims going forward. Don't say yeah, going exactly. you mean in the future. Exactly. Yeah. Well, we've managed to land the plane on that one. So he's talking have about complete mm. unnecessary idiomatic expressions to the point jargon Jargon. and cliche great word yeah okay corporate jargon yeah i'm not good at that so uh sorry paul amber got that one too so that's two points we know we know this is going to be a uh what's i like yeah it's going to be a a landslide victory or a a, a whitewash (laughs) there you go both of those Okay, she's gonna, thanks she's, for taking up two of my... It's, uh, it's early days, it's early days. Well, no, because if you get one more, then that's it, you've won. Yeah, yeah that's right, few, Amber's, on rounds, cusp, Amber's on the cusp Amber's on the cusp of I've only got one more round. Victory. Against Luke, so you I'm definitely going to lose. You're, just, you're giving up 
Don't be so defeatist. Yeah, yeah. I'm English. I've got to be. Think about Richard Branson, Paul. Take inspiration <laughs> from the business world. <laughs> he wouldn't give up at this point, would he? he He'd redefine the game. <laughs> He'd change the rules He's so maverick. that he would win. All right. Anyway. What, he would set up a transatlantic air flight he, company. Yeah, he would, uh, he'd get on a balloon and fly across. Anyway, go. Yeah, right, then. okay. So, uh, this is an expression that one uses uh, when, hmm, when talking about uh, an experience that you've had and you, you had the full experience. So, for example... The full Monty. Okay, no, that's, that's good, but it's not right. Um, for example, someone's talking about... Like someone's talking about going on holiday to California and doing a Californian road trip. And what you want to say is, yeah, I've, I, I've experienced that fully. It's in the whole shebang. I did the whole shebang. That's good. Meaning the whole thing. Uh, no, but it, 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 the expression comes from the idea of tourism. Like going to a place, doing everything. A to Z. Going to a place, doing everything involved in experiencing that thing. And also coming back with a souvenir item of clothing. Been, uh, been there, there won the t-shirt. t-shirt. Yes. yes. Okay. Come on, that no, we drew. It, we yes. drew. That was great. High five. Same time. <laughs> been there, got the t-shirt. Okay. Been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Okay. You can also add seen seen it. Right. Been there, seen that, done that, got the no, t-shirt. No, I've never heard seen no. it. Okay. No. All right. So been there, done that, got the t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when do we use this phrase again? Then. Uh, it's when you've already done something. I, I've, I would have said it's like when somebody said to you, oh, you should do this, and you've already done it. Like people, like somebody might say, oh, Paul, you should, why don't you, you're, you're so funny in real life, why don't you try stand-up comedy? And I'd say, well, I've been there, done that, bought the t-shirt. It's when you feel like you've really fully exhausted it and, and like moved on. Yeah. It's like, I've done it, like I've been there, I've done it, I've got the t-shirt, like mm. I don't need to even ever go back yeah. there. So I've, if someone said to me, hey, Luke, have you ever... Th- you're an English teacher. Have you ever thought about setting up a podcast for learners of English? And I go, yeah, been there, seen that, done. No, <coughs> not seen that. It's not seen that. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Yeah. A Luke's English podcast T-shirt, to be exact. How much a, are those? It's got a bit of a, a, wear, a sort of weariness to it, though. Yeah, been there, like, done of, that. Phew, got, don't tell me about that. I've, mm, like, pff, I've mm. done it all. So there's a sense of... Uh, well, you know, it's like... In the sense of you did it, but you didn't have a great experience. No, you've done it, but you, and you're not going to hear it. Like if, if you're saying, oh, don't tell me what to do. I've already done all that. I, you know, yeah. before you were even born. Right. Kind of feeling. Yeah, yeah. slightly competitive sense into mm-hmm. that phrase. Yeah. Um, been there, seen that, got, got the T-shirt. Not seen that. You not keep seeing it. I keep saying seen that. Been there, done that, got the T-shirt. Yeah. Or bought so, the Paul, t-shirt. I'm going to... I'm going to go to San Francisco. Hopefully, I'm going to uh, visit some of the uh, the tech companies like Facebook and Twitter. While yeah, I've been there, done that. Bought the T-shirt, literally. Really? Yeah. Okay. Oh well. So, any good? Should I do it? Uh, it's fun to see and take a photo and be like, "Yay!" Okay, I might do that. Um, so that was a draw. So at okay. the, this point, Amber's got three, Paul's got one. <gasps> Amber has won this round, but we're going to continue because I'm counting the total number of points and we'll count them all up at the all end. Right. And I predict that Amber will, <clears throat> will, will get more and then I'll be in the middle and, and you'll lose probably. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> That's fine, you wait. You wait. A, you just wait. It's not a competition. I mean, it is, <laughs> but it's also not. Um, so here's the next phrase. And this one means to make a great effort to help someone. Go above and beyond. To go above and beyond the call of duty, that's good, but it's not the one I'm looking for. So, yeah, the staff at the hotel were really great. They really... Mm-hmm. Put themselves out. That's very good Bend too. over backwards. Yes. Paul? <laughs> <laughs> you know that expression, though. The cat got my tongue. Yeah. Oh, very <laughs> oh, oh, oh. <laughs> right. 
Pow. <laughs> you know the expression "bend over backwards." Yeah, but I, I, I had nothing. You just didn't. You just no. weren't quick enough. Um, okay, so that's another point to Amber. Uh, four out of she's won all four of these, or at least got a point for all four of them. Four of them. So to bend over backwards, just meaning to make an effort to, to particularly to help someone. So. Um, uh, Paul, I'm going to direct this, yeah. this question to you. Now, a- Apple, did you ever work in the store? I did, yeah. And so did you bend over backwards to help customers? Uh, yeah, sometimes literally. Uh, no, I did, yeah. Some people would come over and, you know, that's kind of what the, the I guess what, they, what the customer service there does really well is, is do things that they probably shouldn't do. Mm. Like if you smash up your phone and you're honest about it, Mm. Uh, and you come in and go, I just bought this like two weeks ago, smashed it up because uh, it fell out of my pocket because I was just about to put it on a new case and it slipped out of my hand and smashed. Like, what can you do? Uh, we may bend over backwards to uh, to actually just give them a new one. Yeah. Um, whereas if they come in and uh, used to say, well, I just woke up and I found it like that, mm. uh, we'd be like, mm, no, you didn't. Yes. Something happened. So, yeah, we would. We, I mean, there's times as well where, yeah, we, you would bend over backwards to uh, make sure that they had a good, good, uh, good experience. So, customer service is vital, isn't it, for a yeah. company? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you might, a customer might leave the store, store and go, yeah, the, I'm really impressed by the customer service in the Apple store. They really bend over backwards to, you know, help fix your problem. Um, I'm looking at you out now, mm. Amber. Uh, well, while, while you were having your wedding, mm. and uh, I didn't go, because I was at a wedding in Portugal. Yeah. My friends got married, and everyone at the wedding in the hotel and the reception was so nice, so much nicer, I thought, than maybe had they have done that in France. And yeah. I found myself thinking, gosh, they really bent over backwards to you know, make sure that everything went smoothly. Okay, very good, very good. All right, that, all right there, listeners, you got that? Now, uh, here's the, th- uh, the fifth and final one in oh, this right. round. Oh, right, I thought we'd done No, five. we've done four. This is, this is the fifth one now. Mm-hmm. So we had to be hard up to be in the loop, uh, been there, done that, got the T-shirt, okay, bend, over, bend backwards. over backwards, and now here's the last one. Right. So this is um, an expression that means, uh, I'll believe what you say is true, even though... It hasn't been proven, and there is some suspicion that give it's you not. Suspicion, uh, benefit of the doubt. Yes, Paul. Pow! Okay, wait to a minute. To give you the benefit of the doubt. Very good. Well done. Very good, Paul. Yeah. To give someone the benefit of the doubt. Deux points. Now, it's interesting because Amber said, I'll take your word for it. That's which good Which is well. a synonym of this expression. Mm-hmm. So, I'll gi- yeah, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, or, or I'll take your word for it. So, um, that's used, you know, I'll take your word for it. Even though you have a doubt about something, you know, you're, you're not sure if it's true or correct, or you have a doubt that something someone has said may not be true or correct, you will accept it anyway. You're being generous and you're saying, well, even though you haven't proven that to be true, I'll accept it. Mm. So I'll ignore the doubt and I'll be generous and I'll accept that it's true. So we don't know if he's lying or not, but let's give him the benefit of the doubt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, now, I actually haven't come up with a question for this one. Well, I'll give you an example. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a fun example. Uh, going back to my work at Apple, when I, after about two months of working, I worked in a store in London. Yeah. Uh, Regent Street. In Regent Street, correct. And uh, this this woman came in in a tracksuit and like sunglasses, and she came and said, "Oh, I've got a problem with my iTunes card. You may be familiar with iTunes music cards that you can buy them in stores and then scratch off the back, uh, and it gives you a code that you type in and it gives you like fifteen pounds worth of music that you can buy. Right. So anyway, she came in with her iTunes card, and the back of it was scratched so badly that the number you couldn't read the number so she was like i've come in and i like 
there's a problem with your card, like, because I scratched it too hard. In my mind, I'm thinking, uh, she's probably used the card and then gone and scratched it some more and then come in to be like, I want free music, basically. Mm. I want 15 mm. pounds more mm. of music. So I thought, well, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt, but let me just check with my manager. Uh, and my manager came up to me and, uh, separately and he said, so you know who that is who's asking you that? I'm like, no, I've got no idea. It turned out to be Cherie Blair. Seriously? Tony Blair's wife. <gasps> Cherie Blair? Yeah. And, and she's a fraudster. Yeah, and I had In no idea. And, and I was like, yeah, she, like, I, it, she was unrecognizable, but she'd spoken to my manager like the week before or on the phone or something, and he'd approved it. He was like, I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. And I'll approve it. So she oh. came in and just told me the story. In my mind, I was like, mm, I yeah, think this yeah. is not right. You were like, uh, a likely story, love. Yeah, I know. And it, like, I was like, oh no, weird... how embarrassing. It's there's... the prime minister's wife. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, yeah, it's but he poor... wasn't trustworthy. This is true. Saying. But we yeah. all gave him the benefit of the doubt when he decided to invade Iraq. Did we? Well, we did. Uh, we well, didn't really. Didn't we, we went on a massive rally. Yeah, lots of, people, lots of people didn't give him the benefit no. of the doubt, to be honest. But he got enough benefits of the doubt. Oh, <laughs> yeah, they're stretching the expression a little too far. Um, so basically, your manager was like, um, you were like, uh, this card is invalid because the numbers are not, are not visible. Yeah, I totally and went up to him. I was like, there's some sketchy woman because she was dressed in a tracksuit. You know, like famous people are sometimes dress in like tracksuits and hoodies, sunglasses, sunglasses to hide who they are, yeah. which she totally was doing. And I'm like, yeah. yeah, there's some kind of weird woman who is claiming that the iTunes card is not quite right because she scratched it too much and yeah. numbers are illegible. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he remembered yeah. the story and he was like, you know who that is, right? And I'm like, no, Cherie Blair. Okay. So that's, that's the Prime Minister's wife, so we better give her the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> they go, corruption. Uh, systemic corruption there at the Apple store. Not only do they, are they corrupt in their politics, but they're corrupt in buying music. <laughs> All right. So there you go. That one was won by Paul. So at the end of uh, this round, Paul, uh, at, Paul has got two points. Amber has got four points, so Amber wins. Didn't do that. too badly. Amber wins the the Paul versus Amber round. So now we're going to move on to the next round, which is Paul versus Luke and the question master, Amber Minogue. Oh, right. Oh, Ooh, exciting! Exciting. You're going to keep scores, though. Hey, if I beat yeah, you, Luke, keep we're not going to call this Luke's English podcast anymore. We're going to call it Paul's <laughs> English podcast. Okay. I'm not going to be right, the, the, okay. the competition is on there. I'm just going to choose <laughs> my and Luke. You've got to. This is round two. You've got to prove yourself as an English teacher, Luke. Oh God! As I tried to put you on the spot at the first episode we did of this, but because you already knew the expression. It was yeah. too it easy work. for you. Yeah, so the pressure is I on I just want to say, look, there's that many expressions. I've oh, got Lord. like a massive list, but I'm just going to choose five. So okay. I hope I choose the best ones. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so this expression, if you wanted to get a job, you know, you wanted to do something, maybe you wanted to be uh, you know, a filmmaker, right. but you start off at the bottom, you know, as so a you runner. So you start climb the ladder. Uh, start from scratch, climb yeah, the ladder. Um, start from ground zero, square one. You, because you want to, you've got to start somewhere. You need to get yeah. a little... Get a, get a leg on the, foot on the ladder. Like, uh, get a foot in the door. You can, yay! Oh, there he is. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Right, go back, explain it, please. Get a foot in the door. To get a foot in the door. Paul got it. I didn't get it. I would have got it, though. I would have got it. This podcast is slowly going to get... Oh, dear, this is going to be an embarrassment. Uh, it, it, I'm going to get, I'm gonna get uh, egg on my face in this episode. I can feel it. Oh. Okay. Foot in the door. Uh, well, there was a lot. 
lot of nice expressions I thought came up there. What, That's like a good one. Foot on the ladder and yeah, you get you know get on the ladder and the start from scratch. Yeah, start from scratch. But yeah, foot in the door is what I was thinking. Get a foot in the door. Get a foot in the door. Right. Which, when was the last time you got a foot in the door, Luke? Well, I've got I got a foot in the door at the British Council recently. Yeah, yeah, because you know there was a job offer and I went for it and I did a pretty good interview and I thought I better go for this. It's the British Council, you know. Mm-hmm. Good, good place to work. So mm. I've got, managed to get the job, so I've got a foot in the door there now. That's nice, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I had a foot in the door at the BBC, but I didn't take advantage of it, of it when I was yeah, younger. Yeah, that was just nepotism. I didn't, well, a little bit. So it yeah, doesn't count. It doesn't count. I mean, the voice, I mean, you would have clearly well, been a great the, newsreader. I didn't have the voice at that point in my oh, life. Okay. I was an unsure, in, uh, insecure uh, young postgraduate student mm. and I oh, it's unfortunate. it's just been like this um, <laughs> I don't know what to do with my life yeah. nowadays I have the voice of uh, transatlantic presenter. BBC presenter this is Luke yeah. Thompson for BBC this World Luke Service Thompson. Yeah. live from Dubai I don't know why Dubai this is Luke Thompson in France Anyway, uh, so foot in the door. Yeah, no, that was that was the expression. You know, you gotta you gotta start somewhere. Yeah. It sort of means you you sort of put your foot in the door. You get this image of like just putting your foot in, mm. and then you slowly work your way in. So you might start off doing something not so good, and then you know getting better. Or sometimes you could say, you know, you say to someone, you know, you just gotta get your foot in the door. Like, don't yeah. worry if that's not the job you want. You just get your foot in the door, yeah. and then you know you're gonna get yeah. access to the. It's very visual, isn't it? It's very. Building. I can imagine what I'm imagining is. Like somebody, you're almost at the door and somebody's closing the door. And before the door closes, you just put your foot in so yeah. that the door stays a little bit open so that you've, you, they, you have a way in. It's a very yeah. visual expression. I like it a lot. You've got your access point there. Hugo, Hugo is likes attempting it as well. to, to steal. He the, wants to be the question master. He's trying to steal all of the expressions that Amber's He's got also going to tear it up. That, that, that piece of paper is not going to survive. I could say. <laughs> okay. Quick, before okay, Hugo gets them. <laughs> right, okay. So if you um, you know someone, so you, they might be a friend or an acquaintance, mm-hmm. and then they do something and it reveals something about He's them. He's a dark horse, isn't he? Oh, that's nice, but no. Yeah. And it reveals something about He's them. He's got a skeleton you, in the closet. No. no, and then you think this is what they're really like. So he's, uh, they, he's, uh, the, uh, uh, he saw his true self. He saw oh. his... True colours. Yeah! Oh, there he is. <laughs> oh, tr- he saw his true colours. Yeah, to show your true colours. That was a show song, wasn't it? Colors. By somebody? See, see your, your true colours shining through. Yeah. Oh, dear, I didn't know we that. We just, just, just murdered the song there. Yeah, it's fine. Who was that by? <laughs> no idea. I don't know. But they're going to demand copyright now for the fact that we just sang it. Uh, I don't so, think, did, you, yeah. did you sing it? I don't think that would be cast. <laughs> Oh my god! Yeah, that was supposed to be singing. Oh my god! It's a, it's a. It's, it's more difficult absolute, than you think, isn't it? I've had two episodes of practice now, Luke. So <laughs> it's an absolute routing here. It's, I'm being thrashed two nil by Paul Taylor here in a in a in a shock turnaround. <laughs> Uh, you know, well, all of the uh, pundits expected uh, a, a <laughs> victory from bets. Luke, but Paul here, the underdog, is is coming through um, in dramatic circumstances, and showing his true colours because he actually speaks good English. As we approach oh, the half, as we approach the halfway point here, Paul is leading two points to Luke's zero. Uh, is Luke going to be able to come back from this? Only there's only one way to find out. Let's continue. Did we did we go through true colours? Oh, we didn't. Oh, okay. I, well, I mean, it's it sort of almost seems quite evident. You know, some someone does something, you sort you sort of say, oh, oh, well, he's shown his true colours. Yeah. Um, you know, you take someone to be a certain way. Can you then, give me an example of someone showing their true colours? 
um, a real example. Like, what about going back to Tony Blair? So Tony Blair, when he first sort of joined the Labour Party, first became Prime Minister um, in 1997. Everyone's like, oh, he's great. He's going to be a a fresh new vision of the future. He's like, he's not like all the other politicians we've had because he's honest and he's down to earth. He's just an ordinary bloke. Bless you, Hugo. Bless you again. He's just an ordinary bloke, this Tony Blair. He's a normal guy. He's not like the other corrupt politicians. And then later on, he showed his true colours, didn't he? Because Mm. uh, it turned out, you know, he was an ambitious, power-hungry... Warmongering. Warmonger. Greedy... Bastard. (laughs) I know you wanted to say bastard there. I think we could almost say that for everyone in politics, really. You reckon? I mean, almost every... Like, DSK, the French person who was going to be maybe president at some stage of France and then he showed his true colours by uh, having sex with a prostitute in a hotel. Well, Mm. no, by trying to rape the cleaning lady. Sorry, that's what I meant. That's what I meant. They're not the same, same Paul. You should be careful. He did rape the the maid in the hotel. That's what I meant, yeah. What did the the court say? Did they confirm uh, it was a rape or was... I think was, the camera confirmed it, didn't what, it? I don't know. Camera. No, it's, no, you have wasn't. to go That's with... True. Paul, you have to go with what the, what the judge says. Yeah. So well, you, anyway, he showed his true colours. After that, it was finished. No yeah. matter what yeah. happened. All right. We found out the that truth. That was Dominic He's Strauss-Kahn, the, the former IMF head who was tipped to become the next, prime, uh, next president of France, but he was caught up in a sex scandal and then his career sort of took a dramatic turn for the like worse. Like Hugh Grant. Like Hugh Grant. He, he revealed his true colours. Mm-hmm. That he, everyone thought, oh, Hugh Grant's a lovely sort of uh, bumbling, uh, very sweet and awkward Englishman. Mm. No, he's just a red-blooded male, just like anyone else. Because mm. it turned out that he had a a, a penchant for uh, a what? A penchant, a penchant. All right, fine. That's a word, right, Amber? That's a word. Is that a, would, is that one of those English words penchant. that doesn't exist in French? Would you would you say it in the French pronunciation or the you, English? You have to. Yeah. Otherwise, you, otherwise it's to have a penchant for something is to have a, 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 um, a, a, a like a fondness for something or to, uh, to enjoy doing something. I like and it how turned out that uh, Hugh Grant enjoyed shagging prostitutes or maybe just one prostitute. Yeah. Well, uh, it's funny how our yeah. different languages, like French and English, they both create words in those languages that sound like the, op- like the other language but that are not right. like a double entendre. Doesn't yeah. exist. It's not a French word. Say that it doesn't French. exist. Uh, mm-hmm. Every English French word almost yeah. doesn't that's exist. Yeah, like yeah. penchant doesn't exist in French. Cul-de-sac. It's not a, a cul-de-sac doesn't exist. Yeah, that's right. Uh, you don't agree with my statement about Hugh Grant? No, no, I'm saying that, that's fair enough. But like, one, someone can he can still be a bumbling Englishman yes. and still enjoy having mm. sex with prostitutes, and right. you think that's right or wrong? Mm. I mean, sort of, yeah. Not mutually exclusive yeah. things. Yeah, exactly. I mean, showing the true colours, you know, you start going out with someone you think they're really nice and lovely and kind and they're buying you flowers and then they turn out to be a sort of domineering, jealous, you know, psychopath and they do something like locking you in the cellar and you're like, oh, well, he showed his true colours. There, and he locking me in the cellar, he's really, you know, <laughs> revealed his, his true personality there, hasn't he? Cool. Yeah. Anyway, it's... how am I going to get out of this cellar? For <laughs> <laughs> example, right. On to the next, next expression. Number three. Okay, so this expression um, I particularly like, and my grandmother used to use it a lot. It's quite dramatic. Mm. And it's sort of when you, you think that's definitely not going to happen. I'm not no going to let Jose. that happen. There's no chance in hell. There's, there isn't a cat's chance in Hades. No, no. It's my granny. Um, she was an older lady, and so sometimes I think she? that that might that could happen sooner than you might think. Oh, uh, oh, something about her dying. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Oh, I, uh, something about being in hell or something? No, um, no, there's, a, there's some nice expressions about hell. But um, no, so it's like, you know, this is not going to happen. Well, over I'm my a... dead body. Yes! Oh, well played, Luke. <laughs> over my dead body, which is basically, basically a way of saying, no way, I'm not going to let that happen. That will only happen over my dead body, which means I will die sooner. You know, I will die in order to prevent that from happening. I got a point. Yes, I you got a did. point. Yes, that's good. I'm not going to lose this game and embarrass. Well, maybe I'm going to lose this game. We'll see. It's, it's to be seen. Over my dead body. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, can we think of a quick example of that? Just very quick. It's like. Uh, um, I I went to uh, uh, well this is happened in French but the expression was kind of the same so I went to this we were in the middle of France and it's quite a small town I went to buy the newspaper and I asked them if they had Libération yeah. which is a bit left, left and the woman looked at me and she said moi vivant jamais but, um, which was sort of like over my dead body I would never stock that left wing rag mm. in here yeah. this is my shop and it's only right wing nonsense yeah, going on so it's like do you sell a left this left wing newspaper and she's over my dead body yeah. meaning I would never sell mm. this left wing newspaper because I fundamentally disagree with its views it's very similar to a previous expression that we covered in the previous yeah. uh, thing of uh, when pigs might fly but it's 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 similar, but not the same. But it's for me over my dead body is like saying I will never let that happen, and pigs might pigs will fly. It's, it's just, like, it, I will, just it will not happen. I don't expect it to happen. Yeah. Right. Okay. Okay. Are you ready, Amber? For number yes, four? I was just getting some milk for Hugo yeah. because he was getting a bit grumpy. One of the advantages of being a kid that your mum brings you milk. Lovely. Yes. That. Lucky lucky little kid, isn't he, Hugo? Exactly. How many was that? Three. Yes. Oh, gosh, four. it's so hard to choose. Which one shall I choose? Um, okay, then. Oh, this is like quite a sort of a simple one. You know, if you go on Amazon, for example, and you want to buy a, 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 a book or, or an object or something, and you can buy them um, new or you can buy them secondhand. And if you buy them secondhand, you want to make sure that they're... Don't judge a book by its cover. No. no. <laughs> you want to make sure... Right? No. That was, good. That, was, that was a good guess. Well, right. Go on, go on, Amber, go on. No, but you want to make sure that, it, that the quality is acceptable to you. Right. Uh, that it's not going to be all tatty. That it's, that it's tip top shape, that it's in good shape. You want to yeah. give it a quick you wanna, once you want, over. You give it a quick once uh, over. No, you, you won't get to see it because, you know, it's on Amazon, but you want to make oh, sure yeah. like it's, that you want, you want it to be in tip-top shape. You want it to be... Pristine. Wait a minute, uh, you're buying a book mm-hmm. on Amazon and you want to make sure that it's in good condition. Or something. You know, maybe you're going to buy a car, a second-hand uh, car, and they say it's second-hand, but, you know, it's still... Uh, I don't know. So, oh, yeah. I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. It's uh, uh, as good as new. No. Uh, it's, it's, in, it's in mint condition. <laughs> oh! Oh, it's in mint condition. Oh, <laughs> it was there. I got you. It's a comeback. It was there. It's a tool. It's a, like an England football team. I'm making a comeback. It's 2-2 here <sighs> as we approach Things the final getting... stage of this dramatic game. Uh, it's Paul Taylor 2 <laughs> and Luke Thompson 2 as we enter the final stretch here with the final question now from the question master, Amber Minogue. There's no time to go into the details of what in mint condition means. It just means in perfect condition. Yeah. Right, next. Uh, next question. Okay, then um, if you, uh, you're going <laughs> to... He's, he's staring me down now. <laughs> Look at this, I'm being, I'm being intimidated. <laughs> you're, you're confronted with a situation and they say you're just going to, you know, you've just got to do it. You've, yeah. You're going to... Just get on with it. Yeah. Just get down to it. Just get down to business. Just you've, you've 
got just to. It's like a. It's a curious, pull your socks up. It's like a pull wild, your finger out. It's like a sort of wild west has influenced this expression. A sort of. It's a sort of different world where gun toting was acceptable. Just pull pull your socks up. Just pull the trigger. Just you're gonna you're gonna do that thing. You've got or? to confront it. You're gonna have to uh, sort of. You gotta be give us a clue. Give us a clue. Well, I was giving you a clue. So with the, the wild gun, west. With the gun. Give it. Give it. With the gun. The gun stuff. Shoot, um, shoot someone in the face. You've got to shoot. Gun. Shoot straight. To shoot straight. Just shoot from the hip. No, no, you because you know you've got this uh, something that needs you know you're like okay I'm I've got to clean the sink it's disgusting but Cowboy. I'm just gonna have to mm. cowboys accept, never have to clean the accept sink. it grin and bear it no bear it. just gonna have to grit my teeth I can clean eastwards teeth are good there's a teeth I'm thing there's a there's just, a gun uh, thing uh, gun and teeth gun and teeth what the hell. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to shoot you in the teeth with my gun. Maybe I don't no? know what this expression means. Well, Maybe um, that's the problem. So there's a part of your, your, your face. Yes, my, your jaw, yeah, your face, your, your mouth. Your yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and you're doing something. Uh, you're uh, doing you're something. grinning. You're, uh, oh, I think it's to bear. grit your teeth to grin or to yeah. grin and bear it. It's not that you're like, while you're doing it, that you're grinning and bearing it. You're like, right, I'm going to, you're just going to have to put pull, up with it. Pull your socks up. Sort of, you know, turn accept, over. Accept that it's going to be done uh, 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 and do it. Just, just. Um, I, we're going to have to go drink, for another one, I think. Drink. Some whiskey and do shall it. I, shall we say pass and I'll tell you yeah, what it was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell, tell Maybe what? I didn't say. I, I was bite the bullet. To bite oh. the bullet. Oh. Of course, to bite the bullet. So How neither did we of us, not get that I one? Think that the I only give solu- you some clues. I think the solution there, Amber, is to say that neither of us got that, so it's nil-nil at the end. Do you want so one more? No, because we don't have time. Or is it nil-nil? Okay. No, we've right. got to, we've got to, do yours. Okay, then. Yeah, yeah. Um, so at the end oh. of that round, that was that was 2-2. Two, two. All right, uh, so we're still calling so it Luke's English podcast. It's a draw. <laughs> yeah. Um, so at the end of, of two rounds, um, we uh, Paul has now got uh, four points, Amber has got four points, and I've got two points. Cool. Oh God! So I'm. I'm. Well, we've I've still got, got a lot of work to do to try and beat Amber hard. here. So I think Amber's probably won overall, but we'll see who who to wins the individual. Yeah, please, please, rounds. please. Uh, get all of these right, Amber, so that I can at least come second and not lose this. Mm-hmm. Because Luke has been taking the piss out of me that I don't know English for the past two episodes. <laughs> so that would be fantastic, Amber. I'll do my can, I'll just show you my phone before I give you this. I've got nothing to prove. That's what, I, that's what I'm saying, to just avoid the shame of defeat in advance. <sighs> anyway. All right. So I've got some interesting ones. Yep. My only clue of all of them is that all of them have a theme. Okay. They have the same theme. And if nice. you if you get the theme, yeah. you'll probably get them a lot quicker. Okay, listeners, uh, you un- you'll figure it out. So, so like the theme uh, is going to be animals or food or. or uh, we'll see. Like I, I, it, it might be more obscure than that. It might okay. not be. Okay. okay so then. money, maybe. Yeah. Anyway. Um, so this one is uh, a particular phrase that you might use if somebody is a bit clumsy. He's uh, uh, cack-handed. He's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's clumsy, but more uh, if we're talking about maybe... When, All fingers w- and thumbs. W- when, they, when they walk uh, and they trip over... Two left feet. Two left feet. Oh. Amber, 200 two points. Two left feet is when you can't dance. It's not when you I, trip over I was, the time, I, it? It was, it I was going to get to the dance. It was going to be the third example. When you uh, trip or you can't walk you properly can't or you can't dance. You're two left feet. Yeah. So I two would left say feet. it's more for just dancing. I, th- I would agree with that. <laughs> I, thought this was, I thought this was quite you racist. Noticed, but you noticed that Amber managed to... 
Yeah, that's right, Hugo. Yeah, do, do, do. I was thinking exactly the same thing myself. Yeah. Is he a fan of Sting? Do, 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 da, da, da. <laughs> no, nothing. No response. Refer- He's got no, no musical culture yet. Uh, so to have two left feet, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm left-footed, so for me it would be two right feet, but it's a bit leftist. I'll be I haven't forgot that one. So if you, if you have two left feet, it means that you can't dance and possibly means you're a little clumsy. I think it just means you can't dance. Yeah. So even, you even got your own one wrong. <laughs> Then, Paul. I'm just well, made... I didn't. I, I, I saw the example about dancing. I didn't want to go straight away because I wanted to, no, to, to not for you not to guess it straight away. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. But fair you got enough. it without the reference, so Amber. So good for you. Good. Fair enough. Good point. All right. I'm just. Taking I factored in your your misuse of English. Okay. Oh my God, she's advanced. So, what am I dealing with? Uh, this next one is when you when you do something. Yeah. But only just. Oh, you just manage it. Just do it by your skin. Oh. <laughs> Amber Minogue is on the ball. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, dear. Gracious by the skin me. of your teeth. I didn't even get to the example. Here's, here was my example. Yeah. When you were late getting to the airport and you only just got on the plane, you would say, I got on the plane, but... By the skin, skin of my, my teeth. By the skin of my teeth. Of course yeah. I know the expression. Of course I know. Yeah. And which is yeah. interesting because teeth don't have like skin. Just yeah. hanging on by your fingernails. I thought it was that. Yeah, but the skin of your teeth is funny because you think, is it like a sort of unclean tooth, like a sort of tooth scum? It's a horrible sort of I read up about it and it means that because because there is no skin on your teeth, it's so minute that you just made it or you just did something. It's such Uh, a thin... Uh, well, it's not degree. thin, it doesn't exist. So, yeah. well, well, anyway. These days, I'm sure there was a time when people did have skin. skin, did have teeth, skin. Like yeah. a, a, I mean, in England, we a, still do. A layer of Ooh. goo or whatever. It's yeah. disgusting. Yeah. Right. You're much more hygienic these days. So, two points to Amber, no points to, to me. Okay. Is Hugo like slipping you the answers? Is that what's happening? Is yep. he going, yeah, by the skin of your teeth? Oh, by the skin of your teeth. Yeah, well done, Amber. It's Hugo who's winning. <laughs> it's Hugo who's giving me. Uh, to be fair, there's two the people powers. on your team. Clearly. Yep. You're kind of cheating, Amber. I am. So you're disqualified. So it's just between me and Luke. <laughs> okay, so number three. Yes. Uh, so this is when you go on a date with somebody, on a romantic date with mm-hmm. somebody, and you really like them. Uh, and you like them really so much that you end up doing acrobatics. Oh, you're head over heels in love. Oh! Luke Thompson on the comeback. So to be head over heels in love with someone. Yeah. Yeah. All right, fine. (laughs) Head over heels. So that's literally you're tumbling. Yeah, it's like you're doing cartwheels in front of them. Yeah, you're rolling like over and over and over again because you're so in love. Literally, well, literally, no, metaphorically head over heels. Tumbling. You feel like you're spinning, I always think. You know, like head spinning with Mm. love. You're head over heels. What a fantastic feeling. This is good. This is good. Okay, so to be head over heels in love with someone. Okay, I got Mm -hmm. that one. Yeah. All right, then, Paul, number four in your... All right, number four is uh, when you do hard work. It's usually physical work. Back-breaking labour. It's not far. But somebody might complain to you that you aren't putting enough effort in. Oh, Put your back in. El- elbow grease. Give oh. some elbow grease. Oh, there he is. <laughs> oh, Luke on the out comeback. Well done. Yeah, I, came, I came out of nowhere. Elbow grease. From oh. downtown. <laughs> El- elbow grease. Can you tell us what elbow grease is? 
Uh, yeah, well, it was. I was looking it up again. I was like, I've, my elbow has never been moist. The elbow is like the driest part of my body. Mm. Um, <laughs> true, true. Yeah. And so it comes from like putting some elbow grease into it. Like it mm. means that you're sweating so much because of the physical labor that mm. even your elbow is sweating. So mm. it's like put some elbow grease into it. Is, um, is, is your theme just impossible things? No. Just like elbows can't get greasy. You can't have two left feet. No, I, I, I sort of imagine it as being when you're doing lots of work, right? Yeah. Well, let's say you're cleaning a car, because I always ima- remember this phrase because my dad always would say, "Go on, put a bit of elbow grease yeah, into my it." Dad is... When I was cleaning the car, yeah, you see, because he always used to get me to clean the car. I mean, looking back on it, it smells a bit like child labour. But anyway, mm-hmm. he got me to clean the car, and he would go, "Go on, son, put some elbow grease into it." And, and so, you know, when you're cleaning the car, you do use your elbow a lot. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I imagine sort of like putting el- grease on my elbow joint to allow to my to... arm to, to be able to move more easily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So literally putting some grease on the, uh, on the inside your elbow. It's true. You wouldn't really ask someone to put a bit of elbow grease into typing up a letter. No yeah. elbow... It's physical labour, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. it's, it's got to be sort of where your elbow's involved. Some sort of strenuous physical activity. Go on, put some elbow grease into it. If meaning... you're a chimney sweeper. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah it's basically put <laughs> some effort, Dyke put some effort into the physical labour. Put, put some, some elbow, elbow grease into, into it. it. Okay. okay good. Well, we're, it's level again. Oh. Uh, I've come back again from a, from a, being two nil down to well being done. a two two here. So. Okay. This is the final one, so, Amber. I really need you to win this because I'm, if you I'm don't, trying. then I will lose this if by a, I will lose this by a if, mile. If Amber loses this, then it means that what well, I win overall. Because no, no, it, she, she Amber will still win. You will come second. All right, but in terms of who, will be who, the, like who's won all the heats, uh, Amber will have won one. Yeah, uh, we will have gotten zero, f- so it will be a dead heat in a way. Well, yeah, but if you're adding anyway. up all the points, yeah, we'll count it. We'll calculate. We'll calculate. There may be a tiebreaker. There may be a tie. We have to because you've got one more list. So if me and Luke, mm. if you win this one, then me and Luke are at four points each. Mm. So then we get a tiebreaker. Okay. Yeah. Then. Oh, it's exciting. It's better than Wimbledon, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> just say yes. Just agree. All right. Yeah. So okay. final one, and you still if you, whatever. Um, this is when. <clears throat> You say that you you say something that you shouldn't say. Put your foot in it. Put your foot in your mouth. Luke Thompson. Oh, unfortunately oh, for me. Oh, I'm sorry. Has come back. I did it. I can't believe it. And bloody won the heat. I feel that put your foot in it and put um, put your foot in your mm. mouth is the same thing. Because mm. in it is implying your mouth. You reckon? Because that's I the expression. I think it kind of is. Mm. That might. That be. is the expression. But did you say put your foot in your mouth, Amber? <laughs> You know, Paul, we have not seen that list. You could have just sided Paul, with me. did you write, put your foot in your mouth? Is the word mouth in the, in the expression that you no, wrote No, I didn't. Down? I didn't put foot in. Oh, you, <laughs> I, 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 look at him editing it. No, Don't edit. I'm not editing anything. Look, it says put your yeah, foot not, in it. Not, yeah, I just saw you edit that. <laughs> he was just like, yeah, I didn't <laughs> edit you. I, As he I, edits the damn thing. I feel that that is a tie. I'm just saying. Well, I feel, I feel it's I feel not. it should be a tie with zero points Sorry, excuse awarded. me. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What was the expression that was written down put on your here? Foot, put your foot, foot in, in your mouth. mouth. And what okay, all right, then, all right then. All right, then. Luke, you can have it. No, no, no. I don't mean to, to no, uh, no, protest no, no. So, too harshly. It's your game. No, it's your game. Because the, it, the, the wider point, though, is that uh, put your foot in it and put your foot in your mouth are pretty much the same thing. They are. I came up with an example. I didn't get to use it, but it's fine. What's the example? It doesn't matter. 
Yes, we it want does. to know. No, Come on, tell us. What is this example? <laughs> it's just a stupid example. Like it, the thing was, like when you say something you shouldn't say, and it usually reveals a secret about somebody. Uh, oh. that the other person, you know, didn't know or something like that. Like I would say, oh, have you met Luke's boyfriend? And you're like, what? <gasps> and I've put my foot in. That's why I wasn't going to say it, but you made me say it. And now. you've put your foot in it. I've put my foot in it. I was, when we I actually put, speak, we say. It's true. We say more, we put our foot in it. I just put my foot in my mouth. Yeah, okay. I would probably more like, I'm probably more likely to say put my foot in, oh God, I really put my foot in it. Rather mm. than I really put my foot in my mouth, I would say the first one <laughs> yeah. rather than the second one. But, but Amber, <laughs> who got the answer right? <laughs> you did, Luke. You got you it fully right. You got it right. I got it wrong. The, the wider the wider aim though of this this is to try and teach my listeners some of these phrases though. So to put your foot in it is great. It's definitely a phrase that one would use, mm-hmm. uh, and it means the same as to put your foot in your I, mouth, on, meaning to on. say the wrong thing. Does it, though? Because sometimes when someone's going, and they're speaking, they can't get it, it wrong. Put no, 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 they're getting it all wrong. Yeah. Um, you say, get your foot out your mouth, as in they're not speaking properly. Put a sock in it means stop talking. Like, yeah. they're talking, talking, talking. You say, put a sock in it, mean, stop talking. Quiet. If they're garbling their words and not speaking properly, you say, you'll get your foot out your mouth, don't you? Do are, you? are they perhaps two different expressions? What did you Two different, two different expressions. No, I, I, no, 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 I'm saying... I've never heard two different, that. Two different things. Because one of them is about a person saying the wrong thing. Yeah, no, I understand that. But the other I'm one saying, is about like, is someone being unable to express themselves. saying the wrong thing, you put your foot in it. And mm. not being able to get your words out, you know, you said you someone... I think we need to double-check this. I'm, I'm pretty sure... Oh, wait I, a minute. Wait a minute. You're doubting whether put your foot in your mouth is a genuine, <laughs> legitimate expression. No, no, I know it's an expression. I'm just saying... The explanation we've given, is that the correct explanation? Yeah, I'm sure it is. Yeah, to put... Wait a minute. There's a difference between putting your foot in your mouth and, and having, your foot. having your foot in your mouth yeah. and then getting it out. That's right. So okay. putting your foot in your mouth is when you said the wrong thing. And get your foot out of your mouth is a way of saying, come on. Get uh, your words out. Try and explain yourself more clearly. Okay. Um, which is another expression. So as ever, we've had 15 expressions in this, in this game, but we've had many more than 15 appearing in the podcast yes we so, have so um, it's up to you listeners to come up and give us the list of the words that we didn't officially cover uh, that you yeah. came that you thought well, oh that's an expression but we didn't cover them so shall I count all the points here no it's fine I'll just okay. leave so Paul has thanks got very much for your time <laughs> and uh, I'm glad that I could be a part of this uh, English podcast and uh, I think I'll just be a listener from now on because okay. I need to learn better English thanks very much for your time and uh, we're, we're going to come back to that point Paul um, now, Paul got. Shut up! I could beat you all in four. So Paul got four. Um, I got uh, twenty. Three, four, five. I got five. Oh God! Oh, you only got five. Okay. That makes Amber, me feel... in total, despite the fact that she didn't win that round, um, uh, Amber got four, five, six. So in total. Here are the points, the total points. Paul got four points in total. I got five points in total. And Amber got six points in total. <laughs> so in total, Amber is the winner of this Woo-hoo! competition. She did have help from Hugo. I had help from Hugo and I'd listened to previous podcasts. I was preparing myself. Mentally and physically. Mm-hmm. Um, but if we just count the number of rounds that were won. Now, because we got two points each, does that mean that we get, what, half a point or zero? Well, it means that I won the round. When you get two points yeah. each, what do you mean? Well, uh, in, in, in our round, Paul, we got a tie. We, got, oh, we both two, got two. two points, and then the last one neither of us got. So who's the winner of that round? Is it zero points? No, it was just a tie. Tie. So, it's, so we that's didn't do nothing. a tiebreaker. Yeah. Okay, so then Amber won one. 
I won one. And I won nothing. Paul won nothing. So uh, in terms of rounds, it's a tie between, it's a tie between, between us. If but, you like, Luke, but I still but I st- won. Yeah, Basically, okay. just accept I won, you came second at mm. your game. All right. All when right. you're not the question master, it's not so easy when the tables are turned. Yeah, I know. All right, Paul, I'm sorry for making fun of you in, in previous episodes. I'm of the still podcast. clearly crap at English. Yeah, no, but- you're not. Well, is he, is he crap? Here's, the, here's a question, no. right? A, a summary. Just because Paul, well, maybe. Uh, let's be completely clear, right? You knew. Almost all of them. You just didn't get them as quickly as The only one I didn't know out of everything we'd done was hard up. Mm. I've not heard that phrase before. Really? Okay. And in the first episode of these podcasts, there was maybe two that you didn't know. The others, you just couldn't guess because my explanations were not clear enough. So, you know, joking aside, you know almost all of these things. But there's another point, and that is, do you think it's necessary to know all of the fixed expressions that there are? Do you think that it's... Is that... Uh, what makes a person good at English? Is it knowing all the vocab? Or are there other important things to take into account? I think language exists to communicate with people. And if you can communicate with people and get your message across and you, they get your message across and you understand each other, then that's all that counts, really. Right. Um, and, but And, and, and you know throwing in lots of idioms and sort of complex expressions is not necessarily the best way to get your message across because it can be a bit confusing and a yeah. bit weird and cliched and, and stuff like that. Isn't that right, Hugo? Yeah. <laughs> think, Hugo thinks. That's think an affirmative this, response, I it think. It is. There's some people, comedian, UK comedian Russell Brand, for example, mm-hmm. is a very, has a very, very large vocabulary mm. uh, and... Sometimes some of the stuff he says goes over a lot of people's heads, mm. me included. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I, I, you don't know whether it's showing off or you don't know whether it's genuine use of the language or it's just you, you're trying to appeal to people who, you know, to a certain group of people. But I think, yeah, it's an interesting question. I think to an extent Russell Brand is showing off, but then yeah. also on the other hand, he is trying to explain complicated concepts. In a complicated so, way. So some of, that, some of that language he uses is, is appropriate, I think, but then... <laughs> Some of it's not. Amber is currently being attacked by her offspring, who is grabbing hold of her hair and, and her pulling earrings. it backwards yeah. with, a, with a, uh, a maniacal and joyful grin on his face. This is a daily occurrence. Is it really? Daily. He loves your hair. <laughs> I'm going to be bald. <laughs> what do you think, Amber? Do you think that I vocabulary think, is the most important aspect of the I think the vocabulary is very important, not just for... Um, people learning a language but also for native speakers it always dis- I, I'm always pleased I think he disagrees Sorry. with you I'm always <laughs> that pleased when I meet noise. someone yeah. who has yeah. um, who uses vocabulary or language in an interesting way I find it really appealing mm. and, I, and I strive myself to improve my vocabulary um, so I do think it's important having said that and I mean as you know you do get your point across it is about communication and you get your point across um, better if you have that right vocabulary mm. having said that I find it Curious when people use unnatural vocabulary. So if you're mm. foreign, using too many idioms, mm. you know, you can't... Some, some things are location-specific. Like, I wouldn't use Scottish expressions just because I was in Glasgow. It sounds false. It's not, yeah. it's not genuine. So, like I said, it's, I do think it's really important to learn expressions, to, to use the correct vocabulary, but, you, you know, not, not going out of your way just to sort of force them you know right. forcing an idiom like it, it always sounds a bit weird when you hear sort of especially someone learning english you know deliberately trying to put in an idiom and you think we don't 
we do, yeah. It's rare that we say it's raining cats and dogs. So the, the main thing is just trying to get your point across, not trying to throw in idioms and expressions for the sake of it. It's actually just focus on communicating your message and, and having the other person understand you. Because you've got to think about who you're talking to. Exactly. Yeah. There's no point like, you know, to, in a business meeting using all these expressions when, you, when the other person you're talking to doesn't know any of them. Yeah. You know, if they're you know, from another country, let's say you're doing business with someone from another country, don't, don't throw in loads of expressions just to show off how good mm. your English is. That's pointless. You've got to just well, this try is, Going back to the corporate speak that we had earlier on, a mm. big problem that we had was I worked in a training department at Apple and we used to have uh, events twice a year where we would bring people from basically every country in the world into a room and we would deliver a training session in English. Mm. And one of the biggest pieces of feedback about specifically the American people who were delivering the training to these internationals Mm. was that they were using way too many expressions, too much corporate speak and too many idioms that don't make sense to like Chinese people or Japanese people or even French people or German people that were in the room. And they, the feedback Mm. that we generally got was that the European uh, crew that was delivering the training were better at toning down the expressions so that the whole room could understand what was going on. So, yeah, I think it depends on the situation. In, in general, you've got to focus on keeping your message clear and simple. Focus on the most efficient way of getting your point across. Keep it, keep it simple. Uh, but it's good to know these expressions because if you're listening to the radio, if you're watching movies, if you're reading books, if you're listening to native speakers in conversation, you may come across these things exactly. and they're, they're all uh, aspects of the language, but they're not necessarily the first thing. You talked about pronunciation before in, pre- mm. in a previous episode. I think that would be a good subject to explore in greater depth in the future. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I've done stuff about pronunciation in the past, but I think it was, it's always a valuable topic to talk about. What mm-hmm. do you think about that, guys? Would you be happy to talk to me about pronunciation and do a similar thing in the future? Yeah. I mean, we've, we don't have dissimilar pronunciation. No, we all have similar all pronunciation. Yeah, we do. We need to get a sort of more diverse... <laughs> yeah. Crew. Well, I had Marcus on the podcast from Northern Ireland. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A bit of Northern Irish in yeah. there. I've had, you know, Americans on. I had um, uh, our Australian friend who was in town doing comedy. Yeah. Uh, what's, what's his name again? Daniel. Luke? Daniel, yeah. Uh, I've forgotten his last name. I've forgotten his name as well now. Bert. Daniel, Daniel Burt. Burt. Yes, exactly. Daniel Burt was on the podcast with his uh, mild Australian mild. accent. And I've had, you know, all sorts of other accents on. So it's, good, it's a good idea to include as many different accents as I can get yeah. on this Hugo's podcast. Hugo's pronunciation isn't quite there yet. Well, he's got no. the dinosaur. It's like the Jurassic period. He's trying, yeah. That's, still Jurassic. Yeah. Um, I wonder if he could do a Cretaceous uh, <laughs> period noise. A lot more, more gurgling sounds, a bit more water-based, I think, the Cretaceous period. He can gurgle. Yeah. <laughs> look at his cheeky little smile. Doesn't well, feel like I'm saying look now. at his cheeky smile. You can't look at him, listeners, so I'm sorry. Yeah, you're just going to have to imagine his cheeky little smile. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> All right. Okay, so anything else to say to the people of the world? I think we're, we're a minute and t- an hour and 12 minutes in. It's the perfect length. Um, congratulations, I think, to Amber for winning this competition. Yay, clap, 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 well clap. done, Amber. I think this is um, um, just evidence of your uh, bright mind and the fact that you've, you're very well read and that you listen to BBC Radio 4. This is clearly the secret, mm. isn't it? I think that's true. Yeah. Pretty much. Okay, all right. Thanks very much for being on the podcast, guys. Thanks for having us. Um, See you next time. Yeah, all right. Thank you, Luke. Okay, well, thanks everyone for listening, and I'll speak to you again soon. But for now, it's time to say goodbye. Bye, bye, bye. <laughs> 
Thanks again for listening to Luke's English podcast. For more information, visit teacherluke.co.uk. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. If you enjoyed this episode of Luke's English Podcast, consider signing up for Luke's English Podcast Premium. You'll get regular premium episodes with stories, vocabulary, grammar and pronunciation teaching from me and the usual moments of humour and fun. Plus, with your subscription, you will be directly supporting my work and making this whole podcast project possible. For more information about Luke's English Podcast Premium, go to teacherluke.co.uk slash premium info.